Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey, sis. Welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and the Girl Goodnight Land Facebook group. Visit our new website and complete the form to be our next featured author. The Girl Goodnight store is open and we have the perfect gifts for you and your loved ones. Browse our selections. Link in description. Tonight, we'll be reading He Calls Himself Velis by Tierra Cox. Tierra Cox has always been a writer. Her pop-pop was always her biggest fan and encouraged her love of reading. From her first stories about talking wolves to her first published novels with witches and lost love, crafting an enchanting and riveting tale is nothing new to her. As a Black woman, she strives to put us on the forefront of romance novels, to put us in fantastical and daring situations that carve heroines everyone loves to read about. Other than being a writer, she fancies herself quite the poet. When she's not doing anything that has to do with writing, she enjoys watching her favorite YouTubers, playing video games, and sleeping. Velis is what he calls himself, but names mean everything, and Velis isn't giving his up so readily. What he does have is a proposition for Naraya. He'll help her get revenge, and in exchange, she'll become his. In a world where you have to watch what you say and names are secrets, can Naraya find what's hidden inside of herself before she's consumed? Now, close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And sleep in melanated peace. Chapter 2 Won't do me no good washing in the river. Can't no preacher man save my soul. The Civil Wars, Barton Hollow. Velis. A few days later, Velis hears the door opening once more and sits up quickly, going to the mirror's edge. I still want to know where you're getting the money, Naraya. Betty, I love you, but this stand is heavy and I really want to get it inside. The women grunt and shuffle with whatever object they carry before it falls to the floor. Well, maybe if you use some of that rent money and hired some guys... Velis recognizes these voices, the same women who had visited his mirror before. The only difference is that now he knows the name of the one he's interested in, Naraya. Velis's tail twitches in excitement when he hears the shuffling of boxes and feet. So she decided to move in. Perfect. You aren't dancing. I know that for damn certain. Just tell me, Naraya. He hears Naraya laugh a tone that sends a shiver through his body well after he hears the front door close again. Is the other female living here as well? 
He didn't see Betty the first time, but then again, Vels had no interest in her. It is the honey-skinned child of light that piques his interest. The Nephilim, and he is quite certain that she doesn't know what she is. Her race is the key to his prison. Not a human, not an angel, but a Nephilim, the child of light who has choice. The key that Abaddon never thought Velas would come to possess. A child of light, a Nephilim, has to be the one to set him free and make the choice to release him from his prison. Velas, the Cambian, the child of a human and a demon. I'm glad you don't have so much stuff, Betty says. We have like six more boxes. His woman is speaking. Where is she? His woman. Velas chuckles, hoping for something he isn't even sure of. Yet, as she comes into the bathroom again, she is guarded this time. Her eyes immediately on the mirror when the lights turn on. She sees something. She knows something. And even if she can't see him, she feels him. Joy feels Velas as he jumps up and yells into the dark room. Finally. <laughs> the joyous occasion is now upon him. She has seen him. The child of the stars that can liberate him from this prison. How long has he waited for this moment? Pressing his finger against the silver, Velas breathes heavily against the glass, causing it to fog. When she turns back around, her hand to her chest rubbing a thin gold chain, she watches the condensation he's left on the mirror dry up. Nibbling on her bottom lip, the woman's fingers fumble with the light switch before she leaves him in darkness. She knows he's there. Now, all he has to do is reach out. Naraya. You should get that tooth checked out. The message appears on the bathroom mirror just as Naraya finishes flossing her teeth. Taking a step back, she feels a cold chill up her spine. Her breath came in spurts. The words are inside the mirror? Reaching out a shaky hand, she wipes a finger over the surface only for the statement to remain. Then they were gone, melting off slowly like water was being poured on the other side. Aren't you going to say hello? Naraya closes her eyes, reaching for the light, convinced that she's working too hard and that she needs to sleep. It has been a month since she moved into her new apartment, and though she loves it, the bathroom is beginning to be the bane of her existence. Closing the door behind her, she lies in bed, expecting this situation to melt from her mind like it does every night until she awoke the next morning. There are no sounds from the bathroom, no squeaky fingers against the glass, no ooing and aahing of a specter. She's tired, that's all. Eyes getting heavy, she keeps one ear on the lookout for suspicious noises before she falls asleep. Remember to schedule a dentist appointment. The message on the mirror that morning catches Daria off guard when she sits up from washing her face. She takes a step back and groans out loud. She's been watching too much Ghost Hunters, that's all. Working all these nights is beginning to take a toll on her. She's sure of it. Naraya's exhausted. That was it. The lack of good sleep is causing her to hallucinate and her mind takes whatever fanciful tale it knows and goes with that. Then again, she's always heard soft whispers telling her about people. Someone who needs to be smiled at. Someone in need of a hug or an encouraging word. The whispers press against the back of her skull until she's compelled to do as they asked. 
Sometimes they warn her of danger, pushing at her body until she takes another route, moves to another aisle, or doesn't go to a certain corner store. Now, she stares at herself in the mirror and half of her waits to see something. Someone besides herself? What? Naraya doesn't know, but she does feel something. A calling, a longing feeling that doesn't belong to her. And it is coming from this mirror. Naraya lifts her hand and moves her fingers along the gilded edge of the frame. It is plain, the wood grain underneath hidden under golden foil. No designs, no fancy edging. With her pointer finger, she expresses the glass. Half of her will be excited if her finger goes through like this is the Matrix. What if she is in the Matrix? What if she is the one? Naraya laughs at the thought and turns from the mirror just in time to see words slowly appear on the silver. What's so funny? She swallows hard, slamming her hand much too hard on the light switch to leave the bathroom in darkness. That night, the dreams came. Horrible nightmares surrounding her mother's death and the car accident that killed her. Naraya walked away without a scratch. How, though? Night after night, she dreams of the car flipping and landing against the tree. This time, she's watching the scene unfold from the outside, but her body is too well acquainted with the feelings that follow. She can feel the metal warp around her, her eyes glued to how it slices into her mother's body. How Naraya rips her seatbelt off and climbs from the car with no wounds on her before she slips into blackness, only to wake and pull her mother from the wreckage. She holds her mother's limp form, and dreaming, Naraya shields her eyes from the energy bursting around her body as her mother dies in her arms. It's that fucking mirror. I know it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Naraya rubs her forehead sitting in Betty's favorite eatery, Lula's. The Creole restaurant is a hole-in-the-wall smorgasbord for jambalaya and crab legs. You have the feeling in the bathroom? Betty sips her water with lemon. Girl, maybe someone was murdered in there. She laughs out loud, but quickly hides it when Naraya scowls at her. I'm kidding. Calm down. You can laugh about it. Naraya stares out the window at the snowflakes coming down. I'm going to smudge that room, burn some rosemary and some hyssop or something. Betty grunts. Okay, Sabrina. Let's leave that to the experts. How about you just pray? It's wrong to look at someone and not think that they could be a God-fearing person. Some average nobody would take a look at Betty with her subtle makeup, expertly coiffed hair, 
well-fitting and flattering clothing and think that she was not. They might know where she works and see her professional pole work and think she's a regular sinner. Everyone sins. It's about your heart and not listening to whatever some man tells you, Betty always says. Once upon a time, Naraya believed. Now, she hasn't prayed since her mother was murdered, and that was nine years ago. You know I have a difficult time with that. They quiet when the waitress brings their food. Both women lift forks, settle cups, and open napkins before speaking again. Betty speaks first. I can take you to a woman I know. She does good work, knows what she's doing. I am not interested in some wit. She's not. Betty cracks open a crab leg. Hoodoo is what she does. Thank you. Our own practice. We can go after we eat. Naraya doesn't say anything. Spooning jambalaya into her mouth, she settles her mind on the flavors exploding against her tongue and the soft heat settling in her throat. Yeah, why not? What's the worst that could happen, huh? Some poltergeist type of shit. Betty laughs again, ignoring Naraya's protests. You bringing me strays, Betty Boo? A woman's voice calls from behind a Carrie shell curtain. To say that the place looks exactly like Naraya thought it would is an understatement. The Baltimore brownstone bore a purple painted door with sigils carved into the brick on the outside. Inside, the house smells of rosemary and some other spicy scents that tickle Naraya's nose. The polished wood flooring smells heavily of Murphy soap and shines like it was just cleaned. The windows bring in strategic lighting that falls on pinwheels and painted glass depicting an angel with his foot on the devil's neck. It feels full in the house, like there's someone or something inside, but comforting. A presence runs through Naraya, full of understanding and forgiveness. Betty pushes past the cowrie shells and they enter a sitting room with early 19th century white sofas and matching chairs. They have plastic on them and Betty sits down on one, crossing her legs at the ankle before pointing to a chair next to its twin to the left of her. Why can't I sit with you? Naraya whispers. Cuz, you're the one being seen, aren't you? Touched one. The woman who comes from the archway that leads into the kitchen is not who Naraya is expecting. She is wearing a yellow tignon on her head and her skin is as smooth as freshly churned butter. Her deep brown skin tone is the same color as Betty's, contrasting beautifully against her green tunic with golden thread around the collar. Naraya raises her eyebrow. I assume you heard that from Betty? The woman scoffs. And before Naraya can register, she takes her hand and holds on tight. No, I can feel that. She wraps both of her hands around Naraya's. You don't like touching people, cause you can see them, and you know what I mean by see. Naraya doesn't have the urge to snatch her hand away. She feels the stress flowing from her body. Naraya can feel the tension melting her form. It starts at her head and comes down her neck until it melts into the floorboards. This woman is safe. She is kind, considerate, and compassionate. She is someone who can be trusted, a fountain of strength as well. All right. Naraya wiggles her fingers, watching as the woman lets go and indicates that she should sit. What's your name? Anise. 
There's a small table between the chairs, and on that table, a crystal jar is filled with red and white soft peppermints. What can I help you with? Half of Nariah wants to say something smart like, shouldn't you know? Instead, she opts to ask a question that Betty has never really answered for her. What do you mean by touched one? Anise raised her eyebrow and looked past Nariah at Betty. You just go around saying things and not explaining them? Betty pops a piece of gum into her mouth. When it strikes me. All the time, then. Anise sucks on a peppermint, her gaze falling back on Nariah. Touch people are the ones who can feel others. They know sadness, happiness, grief, contentment, fear, and anger just by looking at someone. It's a gift and a curse. At the same time, those who like to play with evil or delve a little too much in sin with no conscience, they know you too. Instinctively, they hate you or fear you. Anise is back in her chair, crossing one long leg over the other. Kind of like your stepfather. Went out of his way to be foul to you. Hurt you. Didn't he? It isn't a surprise to Naraya that she would know that. Someone who carries a presence like this woman. You're like me, then? No. My great-grandmother was. And I suppose what she was got passed down and I have a hint of it. Anise moved the peppermint around in her mouth. What's bothering you, Naraya? Besides the dreams, Naraya chuckles darkly and explains her situation to Anise. When she finishes, she feels better. Someone else knows besides her and she doesn't feel crazy. I'm going to give you some things. Without you bringing the mirror to me, I won't know more. Anise stands up and walks into the kitchen and she raises her voice so the duo can hear her. You do this and let me know what happens after, yeah? If I need to go there, I will. When she comes back into the room, Betty stands up and thanks her. I'm coming to see you on Saturday. Anise smiles, looking at Naraya as she speaks. Don't nobody come to me more for readings than this child. She hands Naraya a bag, relaying specific instructions on what to do and how to use the items inside. If it doesn't work, come back here and I'll deal with it myself. Bless us, Betty steps forward. Before we leave, Anise, please. Anise smiles before reaching for a vial of oil on her table. I can't say no. You know that. Wildcats is closed on Thursdays. The manager has scheduled cleanings and usually goes through the work schedule. Naraya is there to pick up her check, and when she exits the building, she is surprised to see Tyler. He's hanging around, smoking a cigarette near his BMW, his gaze hard on the building. Hey, you're the desk girl, right? He's not the type of person that Naraya would ever consort with that anyone should. Naraya hadn't seen Stacia inside, but she is hoping that the woman isn't. Yes. There's no use lying to him. He poses it as a question, but it's a statement. Ooh, why don't you dance? He takes a heavy drag on his cigarette, and the smoke billows near his face in the frozen air. 
Naraya watches as he squishes the end of the cigarette between his fingers and tosses it into the thin layer of snow. You're pretty. She doesn't respond to that. Not his statement of her attractiveness, nor his question. Can I help you with something? She's hoping he'll say no. Pressing the button on her keys, Naraya's car auto-starts. She locks the door, but keeps the driver's door unlocked. She's hoping he won't get stupid. Is Stacia in there? He's getting too attached to Stacia, and the fact that she's not taking much money from him makes Naraya wonder if he's confusing that with love. No, and if she did not give you that information, why do you think I would? Naraya regrets saying that immediately after. Are you still up? Girl, good night. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 